0: Good morning, this is Bo Matthews, and welcome to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. By committing an entire hour to a subject and many times having experts join us in studio, we will be able to delve deeper into the topic of the week and provide you with a fuller understanding of what is happening in our community. This morning's show was pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews with John Meehan and Ron Tolner. With us today is Public Administrator Charlie Ackerman as we get ready for another edition. Ron, you want to take things? Thank you, Bo, and good morning. Just to
1: uh, let our listeners know, we are actually taping this on March 25th to put this in uh, perspective. As Bo indicated, we do have Charlie Ackerman with us this morning, the Public Administrator of Pettis County. I would venture to say that the Public Administrator Office is probably the least understood, least known in the county. And uh, today we're going to learn just what the Public Administrator's Office does, who they benefit, how it's ran. And uh, Charlie, to start this out, I've known you for years, but uh, in case all of our listeners do not, Let's just take just a couple minutes and uh, talk about your history, uh, when you got in as public administrator, maybe a little bit of what you did before then, and just kind of set the stage for our discussion
2: okay well good morning and thank you for having me for inviting me to come I'm I'm I feel very privileged to be here um very appreciative to be able to tell people about the office of the public administrator I am a native Sedelian. I was born and raised here in Sedalia. of course went to school here went to Sacred Heart School alumni from Sacred Heart School you know married married a, a native Smithton person been married to him for a lot of years 40 some years went to State Fair Community College for a couple of years, got a Secretarial of Science degree. My aspiration was either to go to the Peace Corps or to go into banking. And my parents... That's
0: quite diverse there. Going from the Peace Corps to... It is.
2: It is. At the time, what happened was banking. And I had a 29-year career in banking here in Sedalia at Union Savings Bank. From there, I learned of the position of the public administrator that was open and took a big leap of faith, and it worked out very well for me. I've been the public administrator now since 2004. I believe that would be my 19th year this year. Very happy to serve the people of Pettis County and grateful to them for believing in me. And uh, here I am still going. I'm not sure when I might retire. Maybe never. <laughs> people have asked me that recently. I love my job. I love what I do. And um, I'm just not sure that that's going to be a decision when when um, everybody says, I'll oh, know when it, when I'm ready. And I'm, I'm not. Not yet.
0: I think that's the thing with the three of us, John and Ron and myself, you get to that point to where all of a sudden you just kind of say, I think it's time. So you'll know
2: you'll know I, I think I will. I, it's not there yet. So let's
1: talk a little more about the uh, public administrator's office, how it operates, what you do, the, the people you serve. and I'm sure we'll have a, a number of follow-up questions regarding that. but let's let's start out down that road.
2: I think it's good for people to know that the office of the public administrator was actually established by the General Assembly of Missouri back in 1880. So through the years it's evolved, a lot. I think back then, my opinion anyway, is that I think that they realized there was a need in communities for someone to be in an office that would help folks that didn't have anyone else that needed help and didn't have anyone. Most of those people back in those days more than likely were the elderly, you know, that their families had all passed away and there was elderly people that couldn't make the decisions. And so I think the majority back in the early years were probably more elderly. It's certainly evolved. We now are appointed as guardian and or conservator for many folks that have mental illness, developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities that just don't have anyone else that can take care of them, help with their decision making, medical care, mental health care, many of those aspects. So the office has evolved through the years in the capacity of being guardian and conservator for folks that have those disabilities and certainly for elderly people that cannot live in their homes any longer, you know, their their health and safety is at risk. So that is basically public administrator's responsibility. It has to go through a court hearing, probate court hearing to be appointed. The public administrator has to be appointed by a probate judge. There has to be evidence provided to the judge for him to make that decision whether or not a person needs a guardian or conservator. The public administrator also is in the capacity of personal representative of deceit in estates that have no will. So it has to go through the probate p- process and their estate has to be managed.
3: If you're just tuned in, we're visiting this morning. We have the opportunity to have public administrator Charlie Ackerman in the studios. Charlie, you know, I had the opportunity to work with you at the courthouse for a few years. And I, you have always impressed me to be a very kind, considerate, and compassionate person. Uh, you know, after th- almost 30 years in banking and now, you know, close to 19 years as a public administrator, you know, on behalf of the community and the county at large, thank you for all that you're doing. It's amazing you've shared with me some of the stories over the years of those folks that, that need help and, and where you step up. And, and you just alluded to going through the court system and how you get those folks or how folks are signed to you to be their administrator so that they can continue their life but yet need some sort of help.
2: Exactly. Thank you. In being in this capacity, obviously you do have to have some, um, you know, caring, you know, big heart, understanding. Um, I didn't have any formal training other than the administrative part. I was in banking in the financial part of handling a lot of uh, the uh, affairs of folks. But you know, I think that it's it's something that I grew up with in a in a home that you know you take care of people. You just do that, and so it's it's a natural thing for me to do. I, you know, I feel like I was supposed to do this. I I've, I do feel like the leap of faith I took many years ago was something that was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, but thank you. Thank you for the
0: I would say for 19 years of doing this, yes, it was a calling. It was something. It, you wouldn't have stayed with this for 19 years sure. if it if it wasn't something that was inside of you that you felt like you were doing the right thing not only for the others but for yourself.
2: Certainly. There's there's some self-fulfillment, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's not my focus obviously, right, right. but yeah. you
0: do feel good after you know you've taken care of situations and people and, and sure. what's going on in their sure. lives.
1: Yeah. So Charlie, you do work with, with a variety of, uh, I'll call them clients, for lack of a better word, uh, this morning. And of course, you indicated that in the old days, as far as the public administrator's office went, it was probably leaning more toward the aged, which is no longer the case. Could you maybe just give us a, f- a few examples of a, uh, that's probably not a typical case, but a few examples of the type of clients that you do deal with and what you do for them?
2: Sure. Yeah, and perhaps- In Pettis County, anyway, and I know this varies with different counties and different judges, there's, um, you know, the judges can, they have some discretion as far as the probate laws. But um, in Pettis County, I'm not appointed to anyone under the age of 21. They have to be 21 or older. So I have, I have those. Aged 21 all through, and I don't know if I have anybody that's 100 right now, but uh, certainly in their 90s, you know. So I've got the folks that are in the nursing homes that have, you know, the aging related illnesses. But uh, more and more, it is younger folks, those with some sort of mental illness or developmental disability. So typical cases are um, those that probably, You know, from 20s to 50s that, you know, are very capable. They can walk and talk and read and write and all of that. But they have some sort of a mental illness that will keep them from being able to be safe you know, for themselves. Whether they do or don't have family, many times family just have tried to do as much as they can. They need that extra assistance. So families will go through that process to have the public administrator appointed. Now, I will reiterate that families are always encouraged to be the guardian over someone that needs a guardian rather than the public. The public administrator should be the last resort. But, you know, when when I am appointed, many times it's, you know. Just placing them in a group home setting, getting them the hookups with the Department of Mental Health and with case management, with other people and resources for daily living and for them to be able to live their life in the best fulfilling way that they possibly can. As a public administrator, my office and my office staff, I work with many, many, many other agencies for individuals um, and many of those agencies. Agencies, you know, are the departmental health agencies. Obviously, the, the Burrell Behavioral Health and Pathways, and we have a we have a great resource of agencies in Sedalia to work with. Quite frankly, we're very lucky.
1: Another one that would come to mind would be uh, you probably have a fair amount of involvement with the Center for Human Services. Oh, definitely.
2: Most definitely. Yes. Yeah. And yes. You're right. Wonderful agency. Yes.
1: You're right. We do have a tremendous number of uh, of agencies and organizations in this uh, community. Yes. So uh, in general, obviously you, you take care of the finances for these individuals, but it's certainly a lot more than that, and I'm just shooting from the hip here. but. I can see that as being uh, making sure that their medical needs are taken care of, that they get to appointments. Give us a give us a, a rundown of the things that you end up dealing with.
2: Okay. So, you know, on a daily basis, we take a lot of phone calls just from all of the different facilities that we have. A, uh Clients in, and we'll call them clients. The statutes call them wards; uh, they're wards of the states. Or, uh, you know, we would like to call them clients rather than a ward of the state. But we'll we'll take a lot of phone calls. We interact with the facilities um, for the care of the people. We talk to a lot of the clients. They call for if I'm in charge of their money, you know, they call for requests for different things that they want or need. I have to be the mom a lot of times, and you know, or that parent that's says, no, you know, it's, it's not, you know, a necessity. Certainly sometimes it doesn't always have to be a necessity if it's something that is joyful for them or helpful for them to have. But, uh, you know, I do care plans on a regular basis with facilities and the uh, team at the facility that we all work together, you know, in the mental health agencies and we all work together to have care plans that are basically designed to go through a person's life and decide and help to figure out what's going to, again, help them have the best life that they can possibly have. Uh, We take each person individually. It's not a cookie cutter situation. You look at each person individually and their circumstances and we decide, you know, from there, they certainly, many folks, have the capacity to be able to, you know, certainly help with their care, you know, and the decisions. Mm -hmm. And we obviously let them help with any decision that they can possibly help with, as long as it's a safe and uh, healthy decision for them, so. You know, that's kind of the day in and day out. We deal with a lot of, you know, the Social Security Administration, Division of Family Services, Veterans Affairs, pensions, insurances. I mean, when we're doing financial stuff, if you can imagine your own finances, and if you were not able to do that anymore, then, you know, and you were under the public administrator or had a conservator or whatever, then all of everything that you have would be something that we handle in our office. It's very diverse.
0: At this point, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes with our second segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. A reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS radio app and also at ksisradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas. Back with our second segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews as we have John Meehan and Ron Tolner today with us again. And Charlie Ackerman, the Pettis County Public Administrator with us today. Ron? Thank you, Bo. Charlie, to jump back
1: in where we left off before break. Generally, on average, how many clients do you have at a typical time?
2: You know, It teeters around 130 to 150. I mean, any given year. Probably through the years, the average has been 150.
1: So, those individuals and all of their needs are basically being handled by you and I think two assistants. That's correct. So, you're quite busy, I'm sure, with yes. that. I would also guess that uh, you're very likely a 24 7 operation.
2: That's correct. Yeah. Calls in the middle of the night.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. With regard to people coming on as clients of the public administrator's office, Uh, what's the process? I mean, how do you find them? How do they find you? And uh, what are the parameters? What are the requirements? Uh, Because obviously it it takes something special to qualify.
2: Yes, I don't seek people out. That's kind of, you know, an ethical thing sometimes. Typically, if someone is struggling you know, with any sort of incapacitation as far as mental illness and/or their elderly. There is a family member or a neighbor or a friend or someone that realizes this and eventually are stirred, steered to my office or to you know a department of mental health office or to someone that you know, my office cannot initiate the process to start the guardianship or conservatorship for anyone. It has to start, in Pettis County anyway, it has to start with an attorney in order for the filings to be, or the proper documents to be filed into the probate court system. And then the judge will, or the probate court system actually sets a date for a hearing. There has to be evidence, obviously. The individual that needs a guardian is considered a respondent, is what statutes will call that. And the probate court will actually appoint an attorney for the respondent as well and there is a hearing set the Respondent's attorney obviously is responsible for talking to the respondent and helping them to determine their case if they don't feel like they should have a guardian or need a guardian. And then, of course, the attorney that is the petitioner's attorney, whoever is petitioning for this person to have a guardian. And that all comes to a court hearing. Evidence has to be presented um, in Pettis County with the probate judge here, he typically will always want some sort of testimony from a doctor, a medical professional of some sort, you know, a psychiatrist, psychologist, medical doctor that can provide evidence of this person's incapacity or the needs that that person might have for a guardian. And then the judge has to determine whether or not the evidence is sufficient to uh, point a person, a guardian and or conservator. And just to be, you know, identify guardianship is over the person, their the, um, decision making things, uh, you know, where they live, things like that conservator is over their financial aspect now there's a fine line in between if someone needs a guardian if they wouldn't need a conservator if they cannot take care of themselves then how do they take care of their finances and that's another story but most of the time they need both so upon the judge determining then whether someone needs a guardian and or a conservator he will appoint now the Public administrator is, according to state statutes, is to be the last resort for a guardian or conservator
3: and Charlie uh, as a last resort Mm -hmm. more importantly if there's a family member that can help out and especially a close family member that would be the best thing for for that person typically
2: yes it's it's very encouraged for a family member a friend uh, someone close to that person that knows them well to take the role of the guardianship so that is always encouraged the judge will even encourage that obviously when there is no one they have to qualify they have to be a you know there's a a couple of qualifying factors especially uh, being over the financial part you have to be able to be bonded Mm -hmm. for a certain amount of money uh so you have to be able to qualify that way too so hopefully many times you know there is family friends siblings, aunts, uncles, grandparents, whatever, that will take on the role of the guardian or conservatorship. There's certainly cases when families have tried many times, especially with folks that have certain mental illnesses. They can be very difficult. Folks sometimes will resort to illegal drugs, uh, you know, with their mental illness. So that becomes more of a problem trying to help these folks. So obviously there are times when families have done everything they can do, and obviously the public minister then is the last resort and many times will be appointed. You probably have situations, given given those examples you were talking about
1: there, you probably have situations whereby the client is coming begrudgingly and not necessarily everyone wants or thinks they need your assistance.
2: Certainly, yes. No one wants to feel like they can't take care of themselves or, you know, that they have some need that somebody else has to, you know, make their decisions for them. I try to be very compassionate with these folks, you know, empathetic and apathetic. Let them try to make a lot of decisions themselves. But, um, you know, many times, again, it's it's like a parent role. Have to do and make decisions for their best interest, uh, you know, for their health and their safety. So it's tough sometimes. They don't always like me, but I think most of them do, actually.
1: <laughs> so obviously you're the public administrator of Pettis County. What about situations when issues cross county lines? And maybe the person needing assistance is in Cooper and their family member that just can't take the responsibility is in Pettis. Do you have bleed overs like that, where you?
2: Let me explain. Domicile. When a person is in need of a guardian, the county in which the hearing is, is held is in the county of their domicile and domicile is defined as i think a year they have to be a year in a specific city or county so if someone in cooper county that needs a guardianship that would be held in the cooper county probate hearing but let me explain it beyond that because a lot of people know that i have i have clients all over the state of missouri now i don't cross state lines anymore, and that's another subject, but all over the state of Missouri, and that is a placement issue you know, facility. You know, I might have someone that needs a specific type of placement, um, developmental disabilities. Many times Pettus County might not have that. Or that we're full. You know, the, the the placements that we do have or the facilities that we, we do have here are full. So I, I do have to look beyond Pettus County. I've have, I have people all of the state of Missouri. So um that's that consideration we don't transfer people to the public administrator in that county it's kind of a uh, within public administrators and and even the state statutes that the, each public administrator keeps their own folks because we all have folks all over the state of missouri
3: for those listeners that have just joined us here we have the opportunity to have charlie ackerman a public administrator of pettis county here in the studios charlie you said earlier that you have upwards of 150 clients and and those clients typically start off in pettis county because that's where they're domiciled but then you end up because of transfers there maybe could be anywhere in the state how do you, and I know you had a super staff down there with the two ladies that you have helping you, mm-hmm. but how do you stay in contact with those clients, through it, the ones here in, in our community and those who are out state?
2: Um, the state statutes regulate, and this is not adequate, but it, it is what it is at this point in time, the state statutes regulate that a public administrator or guardian has to be in contact face-to-face with each person, each ward, annually. That's once a year. So, I mean, that's in my eyes and all of us uh, agree that that's very inadequate. So, um, but in order to... Right, you know go by the regulations for the state statutes and of course that
3: needless to say takes you out of the office so if they come down there they don't see Charlie it's because more than likely you're on the road to see those clients that you have out in, in the community
2: yes definitely I, I travel all over the state of Missouri to do those annual care plans individual supportive plans uh, that we you know that we uh, usually the team the different staff in in the facilities plus the department mental health agencies, there's always case management in every county that that are involved as well. So yes, I'm out of the office a lot. Now we can talk about the pandemic a little bit. The last few years, we've done a lot of video conferencing. I haven't been out of the office as much, but typically through the years all over the state of Missouri.
3: Charlie, you threw a term out here for our listeners, a care plan. When you go visit those folks, especially the new ones, you create a care plan. Tell the listeners what that is.
2: It, it's, it's basically, it's a individual plan for each person. We sit down and look at all the aspects about that person, their diagnosis, their medical condition, their past, their history, their capacities, what they can and can't do. And again, with that person, if they're able to, there's many people that can. They have such severe developmental disabilities or intellectual disabilities that they're not even able to speak so many times the team has to make those decisions and plans for them just to enhance their life and just to do the best that we can to make these folks lives as productive and as happy as possible so that's what a care plan, I mean, it gets into some very, you know, uh, intricate details. Many times we, you know, have to choose doctors, psychiatrists. We look at those things. We Activities, you know, happy stuff. You know, where, where do they get to go? You know, let's take them on a vacation. Let's take them to the lake. Let's take them fishing. Let's do this. Let's do that. Now, again, I'm not involved in all of that. But the, the their, their support team that's right there with them in the facilities and stuff will do those things things.
1: A little bit earlier in the conversation, you mentioned the pandemic. What did that do to you as hmm. far as uh, yeah. providing services?
2: Sure. So, you know, everybody had to deal with this, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the face-to-face contact went away. Uh, you know, the, the facilities closed their doors. The courthouse closed their doors. <laughs> you know, we the, there was a period of time anyway where no one was uh, going out and about. We worked from home. We set up our offices at home, even though my staff did. Thankfully, that was kind of for a short period of time. But um, we've learned a lot about Zoom and WebEx and uh, many other video uh, programs. I've had to do the care plans over the video platforms. It's just not the same. I don't like it. I'm ready to get back out there and see them. (laughs)
3: Excellent. Charlie, I've had folks tell me in personal situations in their lives where they have elderlies in nursing homes and they were not able to get in. And they actually saw a decline of their loved ones because they just did not have any Interaction with the outside folks. Absolutely. Have you seen that also oh, yes. with the folks that oh, you're.
2: Absolutely. It made a big difference. Surprisingly, sometimes we were just uh, very happy that there, there were some that really could understand it and were able to roll with it and, you know, go for it. But, uh, you know, many of the, especially the elderly in nursing homes that were used to having the visitors and the people that come in and, you know, even, you know, physical touching, holding hands, right. hugs and all of that kind of stuff makes a big difference in uh, folks like that. So, yeah, it was tough. It was tough.
3: So are you able to get into the facilities now where your clients are?
2: Most of them. Excellent. Um, I was so hoping last fall that, you know, start of 2022, we'd bust out and be able to get back into all of those facilities. I have not been able to. There's a lot of facilities that still had a lot of COVID uh, in their facilities, especially the nursing homes. I think they, they had the, the biggest brunt of... Of, you know, because it just spread so so badly in the nursing homes. But um, eventually, I'm starting now. I am starting now to get back into the facilities. Most of the facilities are open now for visiting.
0: Let's take a break. We'll return in a couple of minutes with our third and final segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. A reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS Radio app and also at ksisradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas. Back for our third and final segment of Let's Talk on Newstalk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews. Ron Tolner with us, along with John Meehan and Charlie Ackerman, Pettus County Public Administrator. I'm having one of those moments this morning, John. You're doing great, Bo. Doing great, Charlie. Again, thank you for
3: taking the time out of your busy schedule when you uh, when time is so important, so that you can reach out to those clients that you have. So, thank you for being here with us this morning. You know, you alluded to, uh, and, and I might point out to the listeners that you know this is a uh, an unfunded mandate by the state that we have this particular office, and I know the Sedalia uh, uh, Pettis County taxpayers support that when they pay their taxes through sales tax, etc. And that funds goes, of course, to the county commission. And then the county commission appropriates the necessary funds for you to run your office. And and of course, in tight times, that's usually never enough. But you do a great job and your staff do a fantastic job of of doing that. You also have a special program for those really unique special needs, a little fun. And I think you call that the Helping Hearts program. Uh, And you normally do that around Christmas time, if I recall. And, you know, that's just... A tremendous program, and and although that is not a large fund for you to do outside, but yet when someone has one of your clients has an emergency in some way, you can help them with that.
2: Sure, Helping Hearts Fund started started that uh, the first year that I was here. One of the uh, commissioners at that time came to me. They were doing something similar in another county, although it was uh, donations of hats and mittens and gloves, and it was a Christmas tree thing. the next year, I was just too busy to do it. so I started the Helping Hearts for February around Valentine's is what I, I I've done it since since then since probably 2005. I got my holidays That's confused. That's all right. Didn't That's I? all right. <laughs> That's all right. A lot of Helping Hearts at Christmas too. Uh, so, but it's it's just a small fund. I ask for monetary donations. Uh, just a small fund to keep just for those situations and expenditures when individuals don't have the money for you know some new clothes or you know a medication they need or you know something like that. It's, it's just been very helpful to have it's not a big pot of money, it's just a small pot. The budget for my office does not pay for things like that. For clients, the budget for my office is for my office only. So um, individuals, their own income have to pay for their expenditures and the things that they need. So when they don't have it in their own budgets or their own income resource, then uh, this little pot of money is very helpful. And that,
3: I think that reflects on your attitude and your approach of how you take care of your clients. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, I think you Bo know. pointed out earlier in the show that you gotta be called to a position to stay in it almost 20 years and all the people that you've helped so thank well
2: you. well, thank you. I, I you know it's 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 very humbling, quite frankly, and I'm just happy to do what I do i'm 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 grateful to be able to do what I do.
1: You know, uh, in our program, we have uh, talked to a lot of not for profit organizations in the community that provide all kind of great services and again, we, as we visited earlier, you talked about your cooperation with them and or theirs with you how you how you help each other to to uh, serve the individuals. A lot of not for profit organizations have a situation where they can actually have volunteers that part of their programs but i'm thinking that's not really the case with you it's it's you and And uh, your two assistants, and uh, that's kind of where all the work goes.
2: Yes, there's folks that have come to me and want to help and want to volunteer, and there are certain aspects of uh, helping these individuals that I, I can allow someone else to help, but I have to really be concerned about HIPAA violations, medical information about folks, and it's hard to get somebody involved with someone if you know if they're not also knowing their medical information so we have to be very very careful uh, about having anybody help um, for those reasons.
1: Well and I would think that a lot of See. clients just the familiarity standpoint of being consistency as far as who's working with them and that's probably a pretty big deal as far as maintaining their confidence and and um, cooperation and so it basically falls to you three
2: it does most of the time i do have some folks that help me outside the office again if i if it's volunteer situation then we get into you know what i can allow them to do without uh, them knowing too much about the person that would be a privacy situation or i am allowed through the judge's consent to hire certain people again they get paid to do certain things for some of these folks. But that's rare, rare. I uh, might hire someone to move someone. You know, if I need someone to move from one apartment to another or from one facility to another and they have belongings that are more than what will fit into a car, then, you know, we might have to hire the, you know, a man in a truck or two men in a truck or something like that. You know, so I I, and again, it's the individual's money that has to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So my little helping hearts pot of money sometimes will pay for things like that as well
0: visiting with Pettis County Public Administrator Charlie Ackerman on Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. So we've talked about the two assistants that you have, Charlie. I think we should give them some recognition.
2: Absolutely. A big shout out, Chrissy Ray. I am in my 19th year. She has been with me then for 18 of those years. Brought her in when I was green, you know, in the office myself. Uh, Certainly was a good decision. She has a lot lot to bring to the office. I've been very appreciative her, she and I laugh at each other a lot of times uh, before we even answer a question. We both have the same answer, so that's, so it. that's how it goes. It's so almost like a marriage sometimes. It is. Yes. It is. It's all teamwork! Sure, it is. Uh, so, um, so she she's been very beneficial. I'm very grateful to Chrissy for all the years in her service. And then my second employee uh, staff, I've had several through the years, but Jill Robinson is my current administrative assistant. And uh, again, she's just so beneficial. I've been so grateful to have her as well. She's been with me four, five, six years, something like that. Appreciate and, them. And
3: Charlie, you're two great staff members, and you, uh, if, if the folks that are listening here today, if they have any questions, uh, maybe we should tell them that you are located in the Pettus County Courthouse <laughs> on the main floor in the southwest corner. That's right. Uh, and if you're not available, well, then you got very able assistance there that can help those within, and folks with just any kind of questions about probate, maybe lead them in that direction, and also what it means to uh, create a conservator or all those positive things that your office does.
2: Definitely, definitely. We're in our little corner of the courthouse. We um, are certainly open. Our doors open, and anytime anybody needs to inquire, we we have a lot of people that come in and inquire about how to get someone under guardianship or conservatorship, um, and or even if there's family, this is very, you know, beneficial for a lot of family guardians that will come to me just for advice. And um, you know, what do I do about this? Or can you point me to resources or whatever? So I had a family and just yesterday in my office where we talked about a lot of that sort of thing and, you know, what else they can do to uh, to benefit their person that they're guardian for. So, um, so yep, we're open. We're there.
1: You know, if there was a written job description for, for what you and your folks do, I imagine a few words that would show up on that would be uh, people of compassion, people of caring, people that like to deal with other people. You know, what you have going on is, I mean, let's face it, the most important thing is, is the communicative aspect of you know, what you're doing with your clients, for your clients. Uh, I know you mentioned off mic, there is some training involved nowadays, and you might just mention what the training requirements are anymore.
2: For the public administrator as with all elected officials quite frankly there's a, a statutory requirements for training a certain amount of hours I know for public administrators and I'm not sure what the other elected officials regulations are but for public administrators it's 20 hours we do a week of training the state Association of public administrators there's you know um, a public administrator in every county in the state of Missouri there's 114 counties and then the city of st. Louis so as an association we have a state association Association we have a convention every year a training convention that's mandatory if a public minister cannot attend they are fined uh, you know there is a regulated fine that or there has to be a, you know it goes through a committee to be excused but other than that th- there's a lot of good training through a lot of other resources as well through division of family Services, Departmental of Mental health they they provide a lot of training and resources for education as well Charlie but
3: uh, almost 20 years ago when you were first brought into the office, uh, you came ready to, and hit the ground because you had 30 years of banking experience. And I would propose to our listeners this morning that with your close to 150 clients that you're conservatorship for, how would you like to balance every one of those 150 checking accounts, you know, <laughs> on a monthly basis? And I realize that you have staff that helps you with all of that. So, but, you know, you hit the ground running and what a great job you've done. So thank well,
2: you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But we do. We do have a lot of different aspects for this with this job we deal with a lot of different agencies many just imagining your own personal finances and the things that you have and all of a sudden you can't do it somebody else has to do it for you that's what we do you know um so it's it's pretty diverse
1: i was standing here thinking about your work that you do and all of the various things that uh, you have to deal with and I would imagine from an emotional standpoint, there are probably a number of ups and downs, things you are very happy with, and likewise, uh, frustrations, trying to make life as as good as you can for your clients, but the roadblocks that you run into with regarding that may be a boulder in the road now and then.
2: Certainly. Yes, there's there's um, I'm not really sure where to start, where my mind's taking me to many different avenues. And um, you know, I've got a situation right now where I've got a, a guy that, um, you know, had, had, had a mental illness, was in a facility. Something snapped. We don't know what happened to him. I've had a lot of tears over it. So <laughs> something happened to him. And he's he's not even able to be in the home that he was doing. He had a little part time job. He is in the hospital and has been for weeks. Um, We are looking for placement, appropriate placement for him now, where he had been. They cannot support him any longer. So probably the biggest issue I face many times for these folks is appropriate, beneficial placement. We don't have enough facilities, adequate facilities, to place these people to to benefit them and help them in the capacity they need. So, number one, one of the things that the Public Administrators Association does a lot is work with the Department of Mental Health and the other state departments to try to figure out better ways to, to, to help them out. To, to be the most beneficial. So placement issues are a big, a big thing.
0: So we've been visiting with Charlie Ackerman, Pettus County Public Administrator. And Charlie, you were talking about some folks just coming in, you visiting with them, trying to help with the situation that they have. That's pretty much the, the the whole gamut of everything that you do. You've got people that are going to come in, visit with you. And if they don't really know where to go or where what they should do, I guess you could say that maybe you're the starting point to where you could direct them what direction they need to go.
2: Certainly. We're always happy to um, help people with resources. You know, maybe it's not always uh, guardianship that needs to be sought. You know, it could be just getting help through the agencies or some of the resources that we have in Sedalia and Pettis County or throughout the state. So, um, I'm, yeah, my office is always open to helping folks trying to figure out what direction they need to go with their circumstances or with the person that they are trying to help. So, yeah, we can always um, direct them in the direction they need to go or to the resources that they need.
0: And of course, each cases different each individual is different just like what you deal with on a daily basis like yeah. you said you get you get people that call in 24 exactly. times a day they they just they're in a capacity to where they don't understand that they sure. they really don't need sure. to be calling in 24 times ex- but these ex- are the things that you deal with and yes. they don't have anything else to do that's right Right. <laughs> well,
2: but. we try to keep them busy with uh, with things, but yeah, it's not a cookie cutter situation. You know, we want to look at each individual and their needs, their life, what's going to enhance them uh, to live the life, the best life they can live. So definitely.
0: That's all the time we have this morning. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk. Join Ron Tolner, John Meehan, and myself, Bo Matthews, every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on Newstalk 1050 KSIS.